Round one. Fight. <laughs> What is going on, BW Sports One World? It is your boy, The Lion, and we are here for another Friday night of Combat Zone. That is right, folks. It's Combat Zone brought to you by our family at Rockstar Realty, 317-503-8322. Buying or selling a home? Talk to Sean at Talk to Tucker today, 317-503-8322. Also, our friends over at Driving for Dyslexia, if you're in for uh, looking for a good charity fundraising um, company, non-for-profit company to help out. This is absolutely awesome. They help with uh, teachers and uh, help with resources of kids with dyslexia, trying to help them out. Give them a call, 317-643-1105. And again, if you want to look at this elite body right here, you check out Elite Performance, 765 499 one zero zero five. I will have to mention that there is a little contest going on over at Elite Performance. Check out the Facebook page and the Instagram. They just posted it this morning. Hope you check it out and like it because I sure as hell like it and don't. And you'll see why when you read it. Also, our friends at Aries Academy and Aries Sports Vision Training Talking about fighting, you want to be able to see those punches, those kicks, and everything else coming at you quicker and be able to react quicker. This is where you go. Aries Academy is where you get your eyes working better. 317-537-7433. Tonight, we have a co-host special. That's right. None other than Bare Knuckle Fighting Champion's own John Lee Shawback, what is happening, brother? What's up, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me on again. Oh, no problem. I am fine and dandy, just about five hours south of you. And we have a lot of snow down here. I'm sure you're used to that <laughs> up there. But we are not used to getting dumped on about a foot in a day. But, you know, that's what brings the wonderful world to us. And we get to see the beautiful white stuff, right? <laughs> I mean... I mean, if it's going to be really cold, uh, there might as well be snow on the ground. It, it really bothers me when it's like minus 20 and there's no snow. <laughs> I, I agree with you there. I'd rather see snow than rain when it's cold any day. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, you made your debut in Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship about, what, three weeks ago now? And let's hear about, you know, you you... You went into you started let let me start back. You debuted on the biggest card in the history of BKFC, Knuckle Mania 2021, and it was Super Bowl weekend. You guys were all in around the same area as the Super Bowl. The whole weekend was rocking down there in Tampa Tampa area. Talk to me about, you know, you've had several fights before, you know, in boxing. 
making this transition we talked about in the previous um, interview that we had, you know, you made this transition. Now, how does it feel going through that first fight in bare knuckle? How did it feel being on the biggest fight card in the history? And we'll talk about the match, but just uh, at first, let's talk about, you know, the, the walking into the, the whole weekend, you know, let, let's start at, at press day and we'll work our way through the weekend. Well, um, I thought I was going to be, I thought all the fighters would be part of like the presser, but then I found out they only needed like the featured fight in the co-main and stuff. So I didn't have to go to clear water. Um, so, I mean, so, so there was a little bit of confusion um, with some of the itinerary and stuff like that, but um, I just took everything in stride. You know, in the end, I know that the only thing that really matters to me is the result of the fight um, right. and all and all the work, hard work that I put into it, and to showcase my skills in front of the world finally. And uh, so that's what I mainly just focused on. Why well, I brought my family with me and all four of my kids, you know, so that they could be on vacation, enjoy Florida, because we haven't been on vacation in four years, you know, and I just was disciplined. I let them eat what they wanted. I ate my protein shakes and my things, you know, that I had to eat. And, you know, I had to do my running still and make sure my weight was good. And it was the easiest weight cut to, you know, 145 easy. And I think I came with the contract was 146. You know, and we both came in at 144.5 and 144.7. So I was only 0.02 pounds bigger than that guy, you know, or 0.2 pounds bigger than that guy. And, um, you know, and I looked much bigger, you know. So mm -hmm. I think um, I think 145 is, you know, I'm really dialed in there now uh, at that weight class. And, um, you know, the experience was incredible from – you know, my expectations, which I always like, you know, prepare for the worst and hope for the best and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, they over, they did everything that they said they were going to do. And, um, you know, it was, uh, I never let myself uh, think the moment was too big. You know, I always thought I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And, um, you know, it's almost time, you know, so that's all I kept thinking every day is that I'm here where I'm supposed to be. All, every choice I ever made in my life has brought me to this opportunity. And uh, it's almost time to uh, seize the moment, which is what really matters. You know, that's why I don't get into the back and forth talking shit. You know, in the end, the result of the fight is what, you know, really is going to matter to everyone. That's very that's, true. That's and, what and they're going to remember, you know. Exactly. They're going to remember the end result. And, right. you know, kind of talking back about the, you know, the shit talking that you mentioned that some people, you know, just have to do that to get their self hyped up. You, on the other hand, go the, you know, the opposite route and you just keep going, staying with your flow, keeping your own momentum and and you let it just show out there in the ring, which you did. Congratulations on getting that first win in your debut fight for uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. And you did it in style. Now, let me talk about a little bit of how, you know, those – and I, obviously you've trained um, Bare Knuckle before the fight. But how did it feel in there, first fight, in that first – the first time he touched you? It's like, okay. I'll be honest, um, I didn't feel one punch that he landed on me, like, at all. Like, I didn't feel one punch. Now, you'll hear guys always talk about how they had some sort of adrenaline dump, 
or mm-hmm. something. And um, one of the things I try to do, you know, fighting as relaxed and calm as possible is you automatically have the adrenaline there to mask your pain from the punches, you know, but you want to suppress it as much as possible. And then you hold on to it and you don't feel the punches for even longer. And you don't have the adrenaline dump because you don't, you definitely don't need adrenaline to finish someone, you know, you just need accuracy and precision, you know? So, um, you know, what I really try to do is, uh, you know, stay calm, stay collective and just do what I always do in the gym every day. You know, I'm, I'm at the gym every day from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. with my breaks, which I come home, you know, to see my family real fast, you know, or eat dinner or spend a little bit of time with them in between classes or clients. But I mean, I'm training all day long. I'm seeing all these movements every day, like nothing he did surprised me. You know, no punch I felt. The only punch I felt was the one that went into my eye. You'll see at the end of the first round, I'm rubbing my eye and a knuckle went into my eye and I was literally blind for a second in that eye. And you'll see me looking around as my corner's telling me, stay cool, stay calm, you know, just stay loose and stay fast. I think that's what he said. And um, and I'm, I'm literally listening to him, but I'm trying to get my eyesight back. Now, I always preach to my students, you know, focus on positivity all the time, even in the fight. And so after that first round, I knew I had hurt him bad. I knew I had knocked him down. So I'm winning 10, eight and I knew I had both my fists. I'm still dangerous and I still got my one good eye. So that's what I focused on. And I didn't even let the negativity of my blind eye bother me. Um, by the time I got back to the line, I wasn't blind in my right eye anymore. I was seeing double. You know, so it was already starting to uh, give me more encouragement, you know, in that in that level of what was going on with my eye. The fight after me, some dude got hit in the eye. And the first thing he says is like, I can't see. And they stopped the fight. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's what they're going to do. Like, that's just a way out. Like, Mm -hmm. like I would act like I could if they were like, how many fingers holding up? I would try to guess like I'm never, ever going to try to get out of a fight ever. You know, And I think that's. The difference between, uh, you know, real fighters and fighters that just want to be like Instagram fighters or, you know, get that clout or whatever is that I'm willing to die in there. And, uh, you know, those guys deserve more chances because, you know, they'll put on more exciting fights, fights until the end, fights until phases are broken, you know, until people lose their eyesight because they don't fucking give up. Mm-hmm. That's true. And it, and it is different in bare knuckle because... Taking a knuckle to the eye is a is a legal you know legal punch. It's different than taking a finger gouge to the eye, but that knuckle meets that eye, and automatically you know you see who deserves to be there and wants to be there and who doesn't when that happens. Just like you said, you're not going to sit there and say oh, I can't see because yelling that is telling the judges, the ref, and everybody out there that you're done and. It is what it is. You, on the other hand, are not that type of fighter. We've seen it. Now, you mentioned, you know, putting them down to the canvas in the first round. You had the 10-8. How did you think, uh, or not how did you think, how did you feel going into that second round? Were you trying to kind of finish him off? Because we all know it lasted into the third round. But being in a boxer mentality, and this is just my opinion, you know, you're looking again for precision and accuracy, and it doesn't necessarily matter when you finish it as long as you finish on top. Yeah, my philosophy is, you know, force nothing and just take everything. You know what I mean? So I'm never looking for one thing. I'm never looking for the finish. You know, I'll just um, 
try to keep landing punches until either I've won every exchange or every, you know, sequence of punches or until I've won the round or until I've won the fight. So I'm really just, you know, focused on winning every second, you know, um, I'm not really ever looking for the knockout. The knockout usually comes because I'm not looking for it and I'm just taking openings. Um, you know, also, um, with that being said, you know, uh, I'm ready for, you know, some some big name fighters, you know, like I, I'd like to, to show what I'm worth. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, I haven't, you know, really fought any stiff competition or anything like that. Uh, but I've done what I'm supposed to do with, you know, any of the guys that I fought, you know, um, and I make it look fun there, you know. So uh, uh, they need to give me some stiff competition, you know, and uh, and let me show them that I'm ready to step up. And, um, you know, yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I'm ready. I definitely love bare knuckle more than any other combat sport that I've ever done. I've done boxing. I've done MMA. And, um you know, I'm the boxing coach at Scorpion Fighting Systems, which is a very great MMA gym. And, um, yeah, like, bare knuckle, the way it felt was, like, so satisfying. Like, for me, now, I didn't feel one punch. And I know that Greg probably can't say the same thing because I was super accurate and I broke bones in his face, you know. So he probably didn't have the same experience as me, you know. But at the same time, when I punched him and the, the punch, the knuckle went into his face, it was nothing like I've ever like felt before because when you fight in the street, you're like, your wrist isn't, isn't very supported. You know what I mean? So, you know, your wrist bends or punches aren't that great and you don't feel that secure. But the, with the way BKFC does it, you know, with the, the knuckle just being exposed, but everything else super wrapped, I was like, in 10 seconds, I knew it was game over. Like, as soon as I threw the first couple punches, I was like, this isn't just game over for Greg. This is game over for most of these guys I've seen. Well, let's talk about it. So you got your, your first win in. You know, not I'm not taking anything away from him, um, but it did look like that you were just at least a level up on him the whole time. What's in the future for John Schalbeck in the 145-pound division in bare-knuckle fighting, who are you looking at? Obviously, it's it matters, you know, who they see is uh, up next for you, but who would you like to see them put across that line from you? Well, I mean, you know, um, it really doesn't matter to me. I know that they're probably going to do a 145 tournament, and I think that I've at least done enough to, like, place myself in that. Um, so I plan on being the winner of that, if that's what they're going to do. But if they wanted to, if I could choose anyone right now, you know, obviously it would be the cash cow of, you know, <laughs> Mr. McGregor, you know, but you know, that's, that's, that's the lottery. That's the lottery right now. Like Floyd used to be the lottery in boxing, you know, now Connor's a much easier fight and, uh, he's, you know, you'll get just as much money, you know? Uh, so, you know, that's, um, that would be my first choice. And then probably that crybaby Polly, who, you know, who I do think, who I do think is a, a really great boxer and he's done a lot for the sport, but just like seeing some of the interviews with like him and Connor and the Artem thing. And I don't know, like I would really like to fight him. Plus that'd be the most efficient fight for me. Um, Cause I would get the most money out of probably any of the other BKFC opponents right now. 
because you know he is a former world champion and you know uh you know he's he's the real deal you know so i think that i don't think that he could hurt me uh bare knuckle and i would just walk through him you know but be more way more efficient than artem was and then it would have to be artem you know what i mean because that's connor's best friend and you know, if you make him look bad, then maybe you can call out choice number one and get him enticed. You know, who knows? But Jason Knight messaged me and he said that he's trying to focus on getting back into the UFC. So I'm not making any memes of him. You know, I got a lot of respect for him. And, um, you know, uh, I would like that fight, too, you know, because that was probably be, you know, the third the third fight where you'd get, you know, a good amount of money. But he's tougher than Artem and uh, Polly, in my opinion. You know, and then you've got the British guy, uh, Tyler Goodjohn, who we've blocked each other on social media because we don't even want to deal with each other. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, I uh, I tried to keep it classy at first, but he said that um, I wouldn't even be able to get wouldn't wouldn't even be able to get through a bare knuckle fight because I was just a glove boxer and he didn't even know me. So what I think he does is he underestimates almost every opponent, just like uh, he did against Felony. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, yeah, now I'm in the BKFC. You know, I made my dreams a reality again, you know, uh, you know, pretty much like I do with everything, except I'm not a millionaire yet, you know, so we could all keep dreaming. And, um, you know, yeah, you know, uh, I would like, you know, those are probably the, the five. That's my five. That's my top five list that I sent to my manager in that order, just so you know. So it's Connor, Polly, Artem, Jason, and, you know, that porn dork. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I've seen some of the memes you've put out and I am enjoying every bit of it. This is all, I mean, this is, it, it's, it's fun to me to watch, you know, yes, there is animosity sometimes with certain people. Yes, there is, you know, just conflicts within the fighting industry, but what you do is make it fun. Regardless, I mean, regardless if it's a, a full out blast towards somebody or just having a little poking fun with them, you're making it fun. And that's what I like as a fan watching. And I'm sure that's what everybody else is. And that's why people hit that IG, that Instagram follow on you to see what you're going to put out next. Now, speaking of Mr. Uh, Good John Across the Pond. He was on BKFC's uh, podcast yesterday. I don't know. If I was on. Watched. I was on there in the comments. If you look in the comments, you'll see. You'll see all my shit. I was like trying to get them to respond and trying to get him to like talk on there, but they weren't really paying attention to me because I think they have their own plans. You know what I mean? I, I, and I'll be honest. He was talking about Luis at one fifty-five, and mm-hmm. maybe he's focused on that. You know. And I'll be honest. I want to be dialed in at one forty-five. I really feel like a machine here um, and that I will just be a force to reckon with. But obviously I'm going to go where the money is, you know, but I think Tyler Goodjohn's a real fighter. I just think the way he does it is classless. You know what I mean? And uh, he doesn't really do much for martial arts, which I'm a true martial artist. I live the martial arts lifestyle, you know, so it's not just boxing, you know, it's MMA. It's, you know, everything I do, you know, uh, of course I'm a boxer for 26 years but these guys who I coach at Scorpion Fighting Systems really made me more of a true martial artist. So it's all about respect and honor. And trust me, if I'm sitting next to him, I'm going to be like, man, you're the real deal. You know what I mean? But 
for you to t- sit there and say that I would never be able to get through a bare knuckle fight shows you're not very educated because I will never get tired in 12 minutes. And I can guarantee I'll never stop punching because I hurt my knuckle. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I did see the pictures that you put your hands out there. I think it was a couple of days after the fight, you know, not broken, a little swollen as I think anybody's hands are after they go through a battle like that. But, you know, you, you work it out. And again, that's that, that's just that fun stuff that we as fans out here watch um, from people like you on Instagram and Facebook and social media like that. It's, it's, it's the, the following of the journey. It's not necessarily, you know, poking fun all the time or throwing a, or, uh, you know, throwing a, not a disrespectful, but a, a shot at somebody you're showing us the journey. And that's what I like about you, John. I like following people's journeys on their quest to turn those dreams into reality. Like you said, you've boxed for several years. It's not like you, you know, it's not like you're uh, an, an amateur or a rookie to the fight scene by any means. So the difference in the boxing and the bare knuckle has shown and you've evolved and you are ready to stay in bare knuckle fighting. And I cannot wait to watch you again. Speaking of again, now I know that we've made uh, mentioned potential opponents. Do you have any inclination of when the next fight will be? Are we looking um, at April? Well, I was telling them that I would be ready for April and I've been pushing for that. Cause I know it's in Miami and, you know, I'd really like to be in Florida as much as possible. Not only do um, I I want to be in Florida, but also I kind of like that sleeve that they put on in Florida. I'm not going to lie. Like, that, I think that can make uh, the fights a little bit more entertaining on the inside um, because you can block the top of your hand a little bit more. Um, and the weight distribution of it just felt like amazing so i'm gonna try to stick to florida you know uh as much as possible but they were saying something about may and so if it's may you know um wherever may is i guess you know we'll have to go there you know what i mean but uh you know they know i want to be in florida as much as possible now how many times john do you think that you would be able and willing to fight in a year you know how many fights do you think you can put in in a year I think four of bare knuckle if if they if they're if it depending obviously the factors of like certain injuries and things, but I think four max would probably be, you know, a healthy a healthy busy year, you know. I mean the UFC fighters are usually getting three or four a year, you know what I mean? And if you could do four bare knuckle fights in a year, let's say all those went to the decision, you would throw hundreds you know 100 bare knuckle punches that landed in every one man that's like 500 punches to the skull you landed that year (laughs) yeah you know what i mean so you know bare knuckle and uh you saw my swelling was on the perfect on my two big knuckles on each side of my hands you know you see some of these guys even dat's hand his complete hand was like swollen from you know so my accuracy is there you know i'm not saying he's not accurate i'm just saying that you know, my punches, my punches are very accurate. You know, I, uh, I really listen to, uh, Chris Lytle, you know, every single bare knuckle fight that he ever called, you know, he's kind of coaching and mm-hmm. teaching everyone how to do bare knuckle. 
So I kind of really put myself through bare knuckle school with him and listening to my friend Josh, Tom Shoke and guys like that who have done it. You know, I, I'm a, since I coached myself and I taught myself how to box, you know, I'm not closed minded or like one single minded or even like, you know, a follower, a follower of any theories, you know, I'm complete sponge. I take in everything. And um, I think that's really helped me be open to always learning and doing new things from going from boxing to MMA, you know, to now bare knuckle and, uh, you know, having success in all, all three. Well, we love watching you succeed, John. And I know I sure do. And I can't wait to continue following that journey. Now on to another uh, different topic. You know, a few weeks ago, the UFC or the USDA came out and said, you know, the their stance on THC and marijuana and um, the testing sites. Now, I'm not too 100% sure as far as the testing differences in boxing, MMA, and, you know, bare knuckle. You might be able to insight me as my wonderful co-host tonight, you know, kind of fill me in on, on the difference of the the testing um protocols i guess in in all three different or in at least boxing and bare knuckle you know what's the differences are they similar are there differences and then i would like to hear your stance on the usda's approval of using marijuana um well i can tell you that every state commission is different you know so it all goes by the state commission you know uh, for example, you know, when, and this goes, and this can, this can go to everything, uh, you know, I mean, each state will have a different way they'll even match fights, you know, like Las Vegas was the only place they were ever going to let a uh, 49 and 0 fight a, a debut, you know, Conor McGregor and Floyd, you know, Michigan would have never let that happen. I mean, we've right. had fights turned down where the guy was like, four and 10 and the other guy was like, you know, uh, 10 and two, you know what I mean? They're like, Oh no, you need it closer. You know what I mean? But they're going to let something like that go down. Of course it's for money. Um, so every commission is different. Um, uh, if as far as Michigan goes, you know, they usually go random. Uh, they do a, a mouse swab right after the fight. Uh, so two fights, you know, on the card will just be a random mouse swab and, in Michigan, they're not like doing stuff for steroids and stuff. What they were doing is most guys would get in trouble for, you know, smoking weed or something like that. You know what I mean? Like they would get popped for that. That's like the most, I went to a lot of the commission meetings and uh, that was literally mostly what they did there was talk about what they were going to do about fighters that failed the fucking, you know, marijuana test, which was stupid because these guys put their life on the line. There would have been no show without these guys. You know what I mean? Now, I, 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 I know what they're saying. I know what they're saying, uh, you know, uh, when they had this, you know, they're just trying to follow, follow pro- protocol, you know, but, um, you know, I'm really happy that, you know, a lot of these commissions and especially what'd you say the, what the big one was the USDA, uh, the, the USDA, the U- United U- States, uh, drug yeah, the one that the UFC uses. Yeah. So, I'm glad that they that they don't show for that anymore because that's literally that literally has nothing to do with enhancing a fighter. They need to be focused on steroids and you know and not how people deal with their you know depression you know or 
you know, how they, how they focus on their off time, you know, when they're not training that has nothing. If they were drinking a drink, it would be completely illegal. It would be completely legal and it wouldn't be tested for. And they could go get in a car and kill someone. You know what I mean? They're just waiting for someone to do that. You know, so I don't agree with the hypocrisy. I'm glad the eyes are starting to get opened. You know, I feel like they need to do that with a lot of things and just, you know, uh, you know, have more of a, you know, regulation and how, you know, they help people deal with drugs, you know, and not be arresting people or kicking people out for, for doing drugs. Well, and I, I kind of have a Joe, I kind of have a Joe Rogan philosophy to it, you know, like, you know, he's like, make all drugs legal and, you know, and <laughs> you know, but, you know, I think that, you know, that there's, you know, like, like they started to uh, legalize mushrooms in one city or something like that. I think Oregon, well, I think Oregon, Oregon or has like completely decriminalized a lot of things. Now, I have heard that mushrooms are on um, a come up, I should say, as far as the psychological effects, uh, benefits of it. Right, right. So, I mean, I just think it should be like that. They're going to have regulation with it instead of throwing people in jail. They can create revenue and they can regulate it and it could be safer and there'll be less deaths. You know, they could pretty much do that with every drug, you know. Uh, I think it's all logistics and, you know, politics and agenda and, you know, big pharma and we all sorts of things that we, we could just go on forever that we don't want to talk about. But, you know, I'm glad they're getting their head out of their ass with that, you know. I mean, Nick Diaz couldn't fight for so long for what? I mean, right. the guy runs ultra marathons, you know what I mean? He's one of the most conditioned athletes in the world, you know, and... uh He's, he'll swim to Alcatraz and then back, you know, and there's great white sharks in there. Man, let the guy fight. I agree. I'm not disagreeing <laughs> one bit with you. I think, uh, you know, on the stance of THC and marijuana, I do not understand why it was actually ever um, regulated at all as far as being illegal, um, especially for athletes because it's not an enhancing drug in my opinion now i have talked to a couple people that do say there are some certain enhancements but i don't know if it's i mean if you get let's let's face it if you're completely stoned out of your mind in a fight you're probably not going to be reacting as quick so you might get injured and maybe that's where the regulations need to come you know as far as what levels are in the body, you know, are they, are they, you know, stoned right then and there? Because I could see that being a potential liability if somebody's just ripped out of their mind in a fight and you, you notice it because you see a sluggishness and all that. Now that's not everybody either. You know, a lot of people that I've seen, you know, like you said, Nick Diaz, he probably smokes a big blunt and then goes, runs that marathon. It's just it, it just depends on how people's body react to it. And again, I am I am for the legalization of marijuana, especially taking it off of the um, the drug restrictions as far as, you know, fighters in this instance, NFL players. You know, I don't see it being an enhancement during the fight or during the game, I could see it more being an, an enhancement for recovery. And that's something that shouldn't, should not be regulated as far as recovery, because I would rather somebody go smoke a joint than take 50 million pills for 
30 days. You know, that's tearing up their body 10 times worse than, than marijuana is. Right. I mean, to me, I would compare it to like drinking water or drinking Coke. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, are you going to be healthy with your choice and take a more natural approach and, you know, refuel your body and, and hydrate the right way? Or are you going to stick a bunch of like stuff that's like poison in your body that was, you know, put together by, you know, rich people, you know, that just want to make more money. And, you know, yeah, like, you know, I would say drink the water, smoke the joint. Hence why Indiana will be the last state <laughs> to legalize marijuana because we do have a huge pharma facility in Indianapolis. I will not mention the name it is what it is. But let's get our heads out of the ass and let's start they'll making send, some money for the state. They'll send an assassin to your house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm watching over my shoulders, man. <laughs> so we're going to move into being, you know, again, being my wonderful co-host this evening. I love it because we could just talk. We could talk about more than just your fight because everybody knows, like I said, we love to follow your journey. But we want to hear what's your what's your stance on some other things. So tomorrow night, you got the UFC fight card coming, ESPN Plus. The main event is what I really want to talk about. Now, before I go there, I did notice on the prelims that Andre Arlovsky is on there. I have always been a fan of Arlovsky. Pitbull is awesome, but I'm to the point now, it's like, you know what? Andre, I know your heart's in it, but uh, let's call it, let's face it, your chin is not made like it used to be, and I think that this may be his farewell party. What do you think on that? Um, well, I'm sorry. I haven't looked at the fight card completely. Right. Um, who, who is he fighting? Uh, you know what? Let's see. I'm going to pull it up right now because I, I forgot his name. Uh, la, 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 la. It is. I mean, just to talk about Andre, I've always liked that guy too. But, you know, he has he has been knocked out way early in his career too, you know, even by like Tim Sylvia. And like, you know, so I think his chin's always been one of his weaker things. And it's always been like the question mark, is he going to come and catch you first? Or are you going to catch him? And, um, you know, as you get older and you've been caught more times, your chin does deteriorate, you know. So Chuck Liddell. You want to <laughs> try to avoid punches as much as possible as you get older. Uh, as you've seen, you know, with my, my boxing and my fight, you know, I uh, tried to avoid a lot of punches instead of just walking through them, which was like my usual style growing up, is just walking through, getting the inside and put the Jake LaMotta on them. But, you know, as I've gotten more crafty, you know, I try to put more of the Sugar Ray Robinson on them, and then I combine those two guys to become, you know, the best, you know, part of, you know, fighters myself that I can be. Um, right. I think Andre will probably, you know, you know, I don't like I said, I don't know who he's fighting. Well, so he's fighting, that. he's fighting Tom Espinal, and I don't know much about him honestly. And I let me correct myself; it is the first fight on the main card, so you're we're opening up. 8 p.m. main card with Andre Arlovsky. And, again, I just think it's time. I just hope the older guy wins because I'm 38. <laughs> hey, you and I share that same age, man. I love seeing us uh, knocking on the door at 40, still doing stuff out there, man. I mean, so, look at the whole division of uh, the 135 division and all the 
the bigger names, you know, is um you had Bedford, he's 38, Dat yep. Wynn, 38, I'm 38, you know, um, you know, at 145, Paulie's 38, you know what I mean? Um, you know, so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of close to 40s, you know, uh, you know, really, you know, making some moves, you know. So I like seeing those older guys, you know, be successful, you know, like Yoel Romero. I always tell myself, like, I want to, you know, like Tyson, you know, like this is how we want to be as we get older. And, uh, you know, your your glory days aren't behind you if you if you don't let them be. That's true. That's true. All right. We'll talk about the main event right now. So you got Curtis Blades. Going up against Derek Lewis, two big boys, and we all seen that Derek Lewis has hands, but we've also seen Curtis Blades can throw them too, and there is a major gap in the odds here, which kind of throws me off a little bit. You got Curtis Blades as a powerhouse, excuse me, favorite at minus four hundred to Derek oh Lewis plus three hundred. I know. I'm just seeing this part. It's like. Wow, what am I missing? I just found out. I just found out about what these odds uh, meant uh, with my BKFC fight because I was a minus three hundred favorite, and uh, uh, that made that made some of my friends who were going to bet a lot of money not even bet. You know, I was like, oh, geez. But um, yeah, so that's pretty crazy that he's that much of a favorite. Um, I think they're really banking on uh, his wrestling then. The odds makers are really banking on him to make it a wrestling match and, uh, you know, beat him on the ground or use his speed to beat him. I think Derek Lewis, uh, his real way to win the fight is to, you know, hit him with big shots and finish him like he usually does. He hits someone, hurts him, gets on top of him and finishes him. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be either, you know, Derek catches him early you know, or he gets tired and catches him late. I'm going with Derek Lewis. All right, there you go. Early, late, what are you thinking? What round? Five-round fight, what are you thinking? Uh, <laughs> I'd like to see it late, like that Volkov fight, man. I mean, I had right. I had Lewis out the whole time, and uh, then all of a sudden, boom, it was over. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that was a great one. But, um, yeah, I think Blades, I think Blades is a, uh, He's a wrestler, and I'm not really into wrestlers. You know what I mean? I make fun of the wrestlers at my gym all day, and they make fun of me. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I'm going I'm going with uh, Lewis. Okay. Well, I mean, looking at the stats here, uh, significant strikes. You're freezing, up, you're freezing up on me. You good? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're freezing up. You're freezing up on me. I can hear you static, statically. Okay. Well... Going off the significant strikes, they're pretty much even. Looking at the, like you said, the grappling, you know, Blades does have a little bit of uh, of a uh, advantage, I should say. But Derek Lewis is pretty good at the defense, the takedown defense. So if Blades can get him down to the ground, it might be a little difficult. But I'm going to go with you and put my money on Derek Lewis as well. So, well, folks, that has been Combat Zone tonight, February 19th, getting ready to hear a little bit um, of what's coming up with John Schaubeck in the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. We do know that there is a 145-pound tournament talked about and discussed, and let's see what happens on that. 
John, I'm sorry. I, I think I lost. Nope, there he is. Sorry, I lost you for a second. Are we good? Um, you're better now, but yeah, you're. I'm starting to steadily lose you. Uh, with your, okay. you're getting frozen and you're breaking up in my thing. Uh, so I'm not sure if um what's going on, but yeah, you're starting to get lost. Okay. Well, I apologize for the technical difficulties, but John, thank you for coming on with us tonight, being my co-host. Who do you got a shout out to while we got the floor is yours, sir. Um, I just want to keep giving Dave Feldman a shout out for uh, giving me the opportunity. I mean, I bugged the fuck out of that guy for two years. I went to a tryout and I even got mad at him a few times online and, you know, went back and forth. And I had like some of my people who are my supporters were getting so mad and they were like saying mean things about him. I was like, don't do that. That's not going to help me get a fight. You know, so finally he gave me an opportunity and, uh, you know, he gave me a fight at a good weight, you know. And um, like I said, I was ready to take the 155 Palomino fight for his debut, but I didn't know what happened. And then there was a miscommunication, you know, that he said. And, you know, so I was like, okay, well, whatever. But we moved on. I kept trying. He said I would be on the Paige Van Zandt card. And then that date changed and I got mad again. And. You know, you know, so we we both kept our word to each other. And, you know, I think that was really cool, you know, and, uh, you know, I got, you know, I'm happy with what I got paid and every the way they treated me on the whole event. And, you know, I'm ready to show out, you know, I'm ready for these big names. You know, if you give me Artem, you know, or you give me one of these guys that these big UFC fighters that think they can box, you know, I'll take them to school. I cannot wait to see it. I can't wait to see who they match you up with next. And I will hopefully be there live and in person to witness that. John Schaubach, thank you again for joining me, being my co-host. You know you're welcome here at Combat Zone anytime. Stay, stay, uh, stay tuned to see what John's journey brings next. John, we'll see you later. Have a good one. And we're getting ready to hop out of here for Combat Zone. Thanks so much, guys. Stay the course. Yes, sir. Peace.